The Life Amplified podcast is brought to you by the Move Beyond and Thrive Workshop. The world is getting ready to reopen, but are you ready to get unstuck, overcome overwhelm, and get your life back on track even during these uncertain times? Hey, it's Dan Mason. I'm looking forward to coaching you Saturday, May 16th for a special one-day virtual workshop as we move beyond the blocks that have kept you stuck during this powerful day-long training. I'm going to help you uncover and move beyond your subconscious success blocks that have kept you stuck in patterns of overwhelm, confusion, and procrastination in the past. We're going to address your fears and limiting beliefs by helping you identify the root cause of where they came from so you can restore your life, align with your purpose, and move forward with clarity and confidence as you bring your next level to life. Plus, this isn't a recorded program full of a bunch of PowerPoint slides. It is live and interactive. I'll be coaching you in a supportive and healing environment that will move you beyond where you are and help you create the future that you really want. You can reserve your spot for a $97 investment. That's for a full day of support, accountability, and massive transformation. I will see you Saturday, May 16th for the Move Beyond and Thrive virtual one-day workshop. You can sign up at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net, or click the link right here in the show notes, and I'll be coaching you live on May 16th. And now episode 102, how to level up your life by leveraging your strengths with Amy Schumann. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. Tom Rath once said, the key to human development is building on who you already are. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to Life Amplified. So often we live in a society where we beat ourselves up for the things that we're not good at, but we don't focus on developing our innate gifts and talents. Our guest today is going to tell us what happens when we start to shift our energy to our natural strengths. Amy Schumann is a Gallup certified Clifton Strengths coach and on the path to certification with the International Coach Federation. She works in higher education to lead workshops and coaches employees to help them maximize their potential. Amy is particularly passionate about leadership and empowering people to create a positive workplace culture. And Amy is a dear friend and a graduated client of mine. During this conversation, she's going to talk about her own personal story of feeling called to level up in her life. We'll talk about the difference between gratitude and pseudo-gratitude. Amy's going to help us differentiate the difference between a strength and a skill. She's also going to talk about the four domains of team strength in the workplace. We'll discuss why living your purpose is the best way to live a powerful life and how your strengths give you permission to be the person that you truly are. We'll talk about how to gain clarity on what steps to take once you learn your key skills and strengths. We'll talk about the importance of community, how living your purpose will help you attract the right tribe into your life. And Amy will give us her take on how different coaching and training programs can work together to help you figure out the next steps to your amplified life. 
If you love the conversation today and you're inspired by what Amy is sharing, this is a great conversation for anybody that is disengaged in the workplace. If you don't feel that you are spending most of the time in your job doing the things that you are best at, she's really going to have some interesting takeaways for you today. And if you love the conversation, be sure to screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram. You can tag me at CSC Dan Mason, and you can tag Amy at Schumann Coaching, S-H-U-M-A-N. So much value in this conversation. If you're a person who is focused more time on beating yourself up for what you're not than celebrating who you are, Clifton Strengths is going to be a great tool for you. Amy Schumann will tell us all about it and how we can level up by leveraging our strengths this week on Life Amplified. Amy Schumann, welcome to Life Amplified. Hello. Thank you, Dan. It's so cool anytime I get to bring a former client on to the podcast to talk about their journey and defining their purpose and thriving. But I'm really excited for our conversation today because I think in many ways, Amy, you represent a very different kind of client than I normally talk about. We pay a lot of lip service here to soul-sucking jobs and people who are maybe looking to start a side hustle or do the thing or follow their passions. But when you and I first connected back in 2018, you were somebody who was already doing all of the things. Career that you loved in higher ed, successful side hustle with a photography business, volunteering for numerous organizations and creative outlets. So I think that this is really important, yet there was something within you that wanted to reach out and begin a coaching process and, and begin this exploration. Can you talk a little bit more about where you were, what was working, but maybe what led you to want to seek out your next level? Sure. I think there were a lot of different things going on in my life at that time. One is I was coming out of the fog of having infant children at home. And I remember thinking um, there was actually a day in the mirror. And I don't know if anybody who's a mom can relate to this. Where for a long time, I didn't feel like myself. You know, I'm going through the motion, taking care of, of children who I love so much. Um, but I, I wasn't really focusing on, you know, myself or the, the things that, that I needed. I was really full-time mom mode. And I remember there was one day I looked in the mirror and I felt like I saw myself again. And this kind of like glimpse of like a person that was, that was in there. So when I called you, I think it was right as I was kind of coming out of that and thinking, okay, I'm back. One of my strengths, I know later we're going to talk a little bit about strengths, is called maximizer. And so part of my personality is I'm the kind of person who likes to take things that are already good and make them great, make them excellent. So yeah, when you say that, I love my job. I love my job even more today as a result of some of this work and and some different different efforts. But I loved my job. I have a great family. I love my kids. So things were good, but there was something about coaching that intrigued me about, oh, and it's a phrase you use a lot, actually, level up. Yeah, That's the phrase, and I hadn't really thought about it until you asked me this question, the phrase level up. I'm always looking to level up. I was intrigued by that, and that was what kind of drew me into coaching, not you know a specific problem or challenge I was working on, but more this idea that, yeah, now's the time I can really level up. And as a kind of side note, at the time, I really only thought of that as like 
money. Like maybe mm-hmm. I make more money in photography or something. And later, you know, now I kind of laugh at that because that really wasn't what it was about. And I gained so much more than if I had, you know, just now made a little bit extra money somewhere. So that was what drew me to it. And of course, listening to your um, podcast, which now I'm on and I can't believe it. I'm like so excited. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, you can't see me because it's audio, but I'm like, I'm just smiling. I'm so happy to be here. But the podcast I just really thought was cool. And I listened to it all the time. I listened to some episodes over and over until I finally uh, reached reached out and called you. Yeah, what I'm hearing you share is something that I think is really important, especially when we talk about a lot of parents right now and particularly during the time of the pandemic. You know, when we're younger and we're in our 20s, you know, before marriage and kids, life can be about us and chasing our goals. And then all of a sudden you start to introduce spouse and children into the equation and you realize, okay, well, I'm not just living for me. I have these other people that I'm responsible to. But I think for some people, and I'm I'm not saying this was the case for you, it's like you're finding your way. And some people, it's almost like they become overly responsible for everyone else and everything else in their life, whether it be clients or, you know, children or family members, where we can lose that little connection to what sparks us and what drives us in the first place. So I'm wondering if that resonates for you. And like when you look back, even though you loved being and you still love being a mother and you had all these great things, what was the real cost to you at that point? of not creating your next level and and maybe plateauing where you were. You know, I think what you described is relatable. The thing for me that it's a little bit different angle, but the thing for me was sort of this other pattern people fall into of I should just be grateful for what I have. It was more about that like, well, I have a great everything. So maybe not being able to see like what else there was and and there really is this, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I do believe this mom brain thing is real where my brain was just like, there was like a fog. I describe it as I lived underwater for about three years. And then I started like coming out of underwater. So for me, it was, it was sort of this idea that my life was so busy with all these other things that I didn't, I don't know. I wasn't really dreaming about what could be, what could be better. And Mm. I felt like I was grateful. I am still grateful for what I had. And so I think there was somewhere in there this shift of, well, it's okay to want more, even though I am so lucky and I'm so fortunate and all this stuff. So I think a lot of people fall into that. And people tell you that too. Well, you should, you have a great this, you have a great that. Why would you want to do more? Um, and for me, that's a, that's a never ending thing, this kind of idea of to keep growing. And finally, I had some energy <laughs> to say, okay. Now, let me see where I go uh, next. Yeah, Sarah Riley and I have talked about that on the podcast before. This idea of obviously gratitude is the bedrock of an abundant life. And and we must be grateful for where we're at. But sometimes we can fall into, we call it, we called it on the podcast, pseudo gratitude, where Mm -hmm. it's like you're grateful for what you have and you really focus on that because you're afraid to ask for more. And I think that that's relatable for so many people. I, I hear that all the time where people, even especially especially right now, well, who am I to want to serve at a higher level or start a business or do this thing when so many other people are struggling? And it's almost like, how does playing small benefit those other people who might be going through a struggle? If anything, living your purpose allows you to set an example and you know show other people what's possible. 100% yes. 
One of the things that we talked about early on was this idea of purpose for you. A quick recap and perspective for people who maybe haven't heard the purpose episodes here on the podcast. Purpose is not your job. It's not to be a parent. It's not to be a spouse. Purpose is really the emotions that we generate within ourselves, and then we give to the world through our service, right? It's an internal force that we turn into an external act of service. So that means it's all about emotion, and it's about the quality of the emotions we're generating. And the core emotion when we did this exercise that I do with my clients for you was this idea of belonging, being related to your purpose. And that was something I just remember back then, and you're not the first client who's done that, where you were resistant and pushed back to that being your purpose. I'm curious what the resistance was when it was about belonging to yourself and helping others create belonging. And did you have some stories maybe that were getting in the way of really embracing that at first? Yeah, I remember thinking, I didn't like that word. I don't know why. There was something about that word. I think about this kind of weird balance in my life between trying to be unique and stand out and be different and like separate myself from the group. And then this idea of belonging, which seemed like there's some some dissidence there between, okay, well, how do I be this unique person who's standing out and also belonging and being part of part of everything? And, you know, we had done a lot of different work. And that's the thing about the beautiful thing about coaching is the thing that you start talking about is not often where you end up, right? If there's deeper things underneath it. And and I had some memories from way back early in in childhood, and I, I shared this with you in one of our early calls, that I have a December birthday, and I had a birthday as a young child, and like, I don't know, I think one person came. Now, it could be my memories distorted, because I was pretty young, but anyway, the thing that stuck in my head is that only one person came, it was a birthday at the end of December, um, and for a long time, I held on to that as like, I don't know, something about... I wasn't part of the group or something. So there were a lot of things around this word belonging and what it meant. But what you had wanted me to do with that is not thinking about belonging to a group, but that my purpose, and this is a part that really I did not understand for months and months, my purpose was belonging to myself. Mm. And I think at first I thought, well, I do. I do, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Session over. Session over. Yeah, we're we're done here. Next conversation. But when you start really doing that deep dive and that self-exploration, you start challenging yourself. Do I? Are the things I'm doing for me, are they coming from a place of am I being my true authentic self? Have I lost sight of who that person is? Am I a some kind of version of who I thought I had to be to get approval or recognition or so all these questions. And, you know, that's not what this call is not a coaching session for to go into that. But, but that process was so valuable because then I started opening up to this idea that, well, maybe there's something there. Maybe I could do better at belonging to myself and what might I gain from that? Yeah. And that really tied in perfectly with work that you were concurrently doing along with the coaching. You, when you had first reached out to me, had first found this work with Clifton Strength Finder through the Gallup organization. Um, for people who aren't familiar or maybe they've only heard of it, but they've never actually taken the test or done the work, 
Could you give an overview on what the program is, what does it do, and how it was also like an important component as you got clear on your purpose and helping you create that belonging to yourself? Which is funny because like in hindsight, it's not really a coincidence, right? Nothing's a coincidence that this kind of came into your life around the same time when you were really figuring out not just what you did, but who you were. Yes. It's through Gallup, like you said, the Strengths Finder Assessment, their new branding, I don't know, about a year ago that is now called Clifton Strengths, is an assessment. It's a personality assessment that was created by Don Clifton, who's a who was a psychologist. Some refer to him as the father of positive psychology. Gallup has done over five decades of research to create this. And I know, you know, personality assessments, some people love them, some people don't. I always liked personality assessments to be, you know, transparent. But this one I resonated with on a different level. And and part of that, I think, is about the philosophy behind it. Don Clifton was really looking at what if instead of, you know, trying to fix people, we look at where are people's natural talents? What do people do naturally well and where's their potential for success? And so his quote that I put in all my presentations and just really spoke to me the first time I heard it is, what will we what will happen if we think about what is right with people? rather than fixating on what is wrong with them. Mm, I love that. And I listened to that. Yeah, thanks. I, I listened to that through a HR lens because I, I work in a, kind of a human resources role. But on a personal level, how much do we do that to ourselves? You know, you you coach people all the time. I would imagine that a lot of people focus on what's wrong with that, what they think, you know, that they need to change about themselves. And so this thing, this whole program was about well, you can learn a lot from what you're doing well, just like you can learn from what's not going well. And for me, I just thought this, yes, I like this energy. This was a, a change. This was a shift. And I wanted to help people feel good about what they bring and who they are. That's not to say that it, it, there's a kind of misconception that strengths finders like, just ignore your weaknesses, just only do your strengths. It's not about that, but it's about leveraging your strengths to manage your weaknesses rather than feeling bad about or trying to change the person who you are uh, fundamentally or the way that your brain is wired. Yeah. It dovetails beautifully into the work I do with people. I always tell clients in coaching, it's, you know, a lot of people come to me thinking, oh, I've got to change who I am. You know, I always tell people you couldn't change who you are if you tried. It's really just about changing maybe some underlying patterns that you've used to protect yourself. But the real coaching process is about becoming more of who you are. And that's why I personally like Strength Finder and why I've done that test. And I did it again just a week ago before we did this interview to double check and see if things had changed for me. But it's really about becoming more of who you are rather than trying to change who you are. And I think that those messages, like they complement each other really nicely. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say one other thing about this because I think it confuses people. The assessment is called Strengths Finder, but what it's actually finding are themes of talent. And whether or not you've invested in those talents, you have an awareness of them, you're using them in a way that is, you know, helping you get toward whatever your, your goals are, then maybe it's a strength. Gallup defines strength as the ability to have near-perfect performance in a given area. But it's called Strengths Finder, but it's really just finding the themes of talent. And then how you use them will determine whether or not it's your strength. So sometimes people get held up there a little bit because it may be 
that the things at the top of your list are the same things that are actually getting in your way. But the difference is that if it's something that is an innate talent that resonates with you, there's a greater potential that you can use that for success. What is the difference between a strength is the strength finder organization would define it versus a skill? Because I think there's a lot of people right now like, oh, I already know my strengths. I'm great at Microsoft Excel spreadsheets, Dan. And this is really a lot different. Can you maybe differentiate that for people, the difference between their skill set versus their strengths? A strength or a talent theme in the in the Clifton Strengths model is really a way of, of doing something, a way of thinking or being. Um, they're really broad. So for instance, my number one talent theme is communication. Communication can be applied a lot of different ways. Skills are usually something you know very specific that that you can learn. The talents you can get maybe a little bit better at a talent, but they're they're really looking for innate themes of the ways that we think, the way that we behave, the way that we process information. So they're much more broad and they can be applied a lot of different ways. Unlike a skill that you could like go to a class, you know, to learn how to how to do that and the different talent themes and strengths, you could apply them to a lot of different jobs too. Another question that we get a lot is, oh, well, well, if I take this assessment, will it tell me what job I'm supposed to do? Uh, The short answer is no, not really, but it might show why there is dissonance in the way that your job is currently set up. It's really more about how your brain works, how you like to work, how you like to operate versus what you're doing. And I think skills fall a little bit more into the what column. And to give people a different perspective, like when we look at the overall sort of breakdown of how all these individual strengths fall, there are some people like my top five leans very heavily toward relationship building. My top five strengths were connectedness, individualization, futuristic, meaning somebody who's just big on focusing, looking ahead rather than behind, empathy, which not shocking for a life coach, and a ranger. But those are really more about building relationships. But can you talk about just maybe how that breaks down, maybe in just to some, without getting into all 34 strengths, but maybe some of the areas that the overall themes that it applies to? So what you're referencing are the four domains of team strength, and those are relationship building, executing, strategic thinking, and influencing. And most of the time we look at that really in a team context. So part of the work I do is go into um, teams that are working together and then learning kind of the lenses through which we process information. The domains are, are groupings of the different talent themes that seem to most frequently point to one of those areas when working together on a team. They're, they're shortcuts in a way, but it doesn't mean that just because you don't have a talent theme in one of those domains in your top five that you can't do that thing. Example, I don't. I have one relationship building skill talent theme in my top 10. The rest are, I think, all below number 20. And um, yet, do I have relationships in my life that are working? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So you can, you can do relationship building a lot of different ways, but it kind of gives you a lens to think when people process new information, when people are faced with a challenge, when people are given a project, what lens are they viewing that information through? And domains could be a clue of how people are doing that. If you are leading a team, I think it's really important to see what that breakdown is. And 
are you leveraging the talents you have? Sure. Do you have somebody like in your case, who's great at relationships? Are they able to form relationships in their job? Are you using the talents that these people have? Or are they kind of hidden somewhere off in a dark corner and you're not using their greatest talents? So it, it really, all of this is about clues. You know, it's not prescriptive. Like if you have this talent, you need to be doing this. But my thing that I keep going back to is it's an opportunity for a conversation. And if you're empowered to know what your dominant domain is, if you like the domain concept or what your top five are, or even what your just number one is, and you can go in and, and share that with your workplace and say, hey, this is one of the talents. I've, I, how can I use this more? This is, these are some ideas I have. It can really empower people to say, yeah, you know what? There are some things I do exceptionally well. Let me use more of that. I think people intuitively sort of know maybe what they're good at and what they're not. I'm an idea person, but I'm terrible at follow through, right? And that was true even in my corporate career. I was sort of the visionary person, but I would delegate the execution to other people. And even when I look at my bottom five on strengths, it's the things like discipline, consistency. But a lot of times those can be things that we either judge ourselves for or we've been judged during performance reviews that, well, you do this thing, but you suck at this. Does doing this test, A, are people surprised when they get their list of strengths? And does it give them a better context or understanding or maybe even a higher level of compassion for themselves to embrace what they're good at and also understand what their weaknesses are? Yeah, everybody's different. So I'll start with that. There is no one response everybody has to these assessments. By and large, people seem to have a reaction that this particular assessment pinpointed parts of their personality that they were surprised that the assessment was able to pick up. So generally that's the kind of reaction I hear. There is a comment that multiple people have, have shared with me through strengths coaching that I think is powerful. It's not everybody, but some people say this, that I've always known this about myself, but this is the first time I've seen it as a positive. Mm. That's mm. powerful. Yeah. And that's some people's reaction. People have different levels of self-awareness. People have different ways that they grew up and whether or not the strengths that they brought were appreciated or not, whether they were encouraged to do them or not, or told that that's something that they shouldn't do or that they needed to get. So everybody comes at it from a different angle. But once they have those strengths, then it's up to them. You know, what are they going to do with that information? How are they going to use it to their own benefit? But I do think that that most people, even many of the people who are skeptical that maybe their whole team made them do this and they didn't want to do it or something, that even um, people who are skeptical seem to say, wow, I was surprised at this. One of the things that we talk about a lot, and Gallup is the one who did this research, so it makes sense that they would also be facilitating this tool with StrengthFinder, is just the overwhelming amount of disengagement that the vast majority, not just in the U.S., but globally, two and three employees are disengaged at their job. Is StrengthFinder a tool that's going to help people zero in on finding either a job, a career, or maybe a specific role within their company that it would allow them to focus doing more of the things that they love that are easy for them? And would that lead to better employee engagement in organizations? Yes. Gallup says through their research that they have linked utilizing, not just taking the assessment, but utilizing it and actually focusing on your strengths does lead to increased engagement. I think the data point that, that they have out there is that 
people who get to focus on their strengths every day are six times as likely to report that, um, that they're more engaged. And I think at a baseline level, it makes sense. If you think about the last day that you got to go, well, your job is unique, but whoever's listening, the last day that you got to go into work and do the thing that is that you love to do that really like puts you into a state of flow and you feel like, you know, it, it leverages your strengths. You probably were more engaged doing that than whatever the work is that you do. Otherwise you probably were in a better mood and left happier. So I think at a baseline level, even without Gallup's research backing it, it makes sense that, yeah, if you're able to focus on your strengths at work, you're going to be more engaged. And so part of the tool is to help people say, okay, so then what are our strengths and how do we do that? And that's part on the employee. And I think it's also, you know, leadership has a role in that too, if they're really interested in increasing those engagement scores. That's a really important point uh, about the personal responsibility for people to proactively communicate the role that they wanted. And I think that that's also something that, that you did amazingly during our coaching work is you got really clear that your passion was in strengths finders, that it was aligned with that purpose of belonging. You wanted to share it more in your career and where you're working in higher education. Can you talk then about how you were able to take this and carve out a brand new role for yourself that was even more fulfilling than the job that you already loved? Yeah. One of the phrases that just came to mind is some of the strengths coaches talk about this that strengths gives you a feeling of permission to be yourself. Ah, love that. And you shouldn't need permission to be yourself, of course. But here I was, I had this report. My number two theme is competition. And I remember telling my husband, oh, I didn't want people at work to know I'm so competitive. And uh, and his response was, "You're not as subtle as you think." <laughs> like, people are, you you're know, not fooling anyone. Know. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody thinks. That. So, but here it was, my top five listed on a piece of paper that's now like on you know I, it's up in my office and everything, and I'm out there doing this. And it was this idea that okay, yeah, this is me, and I'm going to celebrate that, and I'm not going to try and be less of that. I'm actually going to try and be more of it. So what would that look like? And one of the first activities that a lot of the strengths coaches, because there's a whole group of people out there that like Gallup certifies coaches just on this one assessment. Um, and they, they have lots of activities. And one of the first ones they do is this activity called name it, claim it, aim it. In other words, describe what your strength is. You have to first know what it is and what it looks like for you. Claim it, which is that ownership piece of, yeah, this is who I am. And so um, I might as well find a way to love that because that's who I am. Sure. And then and then aiming at it. Okay, so now what do I do with it? And for me, my top five really reminded me. It wasn't new. It wasn't like, oh, I never knew I liked speaking in front of people till I took this assessment. I always knew that. But when I saw it there in black and white and I'm sharing it with my colleagues, which by the way, it's very powerful if your whole workplace team can do it together. It's great. But yeah. anyway, here I am sharing it. And um, yeah, I love getting up in front of a room talking, but I wasn't really seeking out those opportunities. And th- this is the funny thing. The reason I think I wasn't doing it is because I had some kind of feeling that I would take that opportunity away from somebody else if I volunteered. Mm. So, and I, and this usually people usually laugh when I say this in workshops, you know, like when you're in like a, some kind of workshop or conference or some kind of thing where they're like, okay, everybody get into a group of people around you. And then they say, and pick a spokesperson for your group. I 
always want to be the spokesperson for the group, always. And I hardly ever was offering to do it because I thought, well, everybody wants to be the spokesperson for the group. Not true. I've learned. Yeah, <laughs> it's not right. true that everybody wants to. And this is this is the funny thing. And it's a small illustration of of how this has kind of actually attracted people that are um, that appreciate, I guess, what talents I bring is now that I'm open about it and I say that out loud, people now, when they see me in a meeting sometimes, will come be in my group and they've told me, it's so you'll be our spokesperson for the group because we don't want to do it. So something about getting out there and just being honest about who you are helps people understand how to interact with you. It also leaves room for who you're not. And that is something that's really important is we are not all everything. We don't have strengths in all 34 areas. And so the more you can accept what you bring, you actually also make space to appreciate what other people bring. Sure. And and it's kind of this balance of that. You were talking about this in terms of building connection because the other piece that I think is so important that there are many people out there that are searching, especially right now during this quarantine and the shutdown and the social distancing and isolation, but I think that this was true before COVID. We just have a magnifying glass on it. There are people that want to be in community. There are people that want to have greater connection in their life, deeper friendships. They want to have more passionate relationships with their significant other. Uh, they want to be deeper with their family. They want those real ride or die supportive friendships. Can you talk a little bit about how stepping into this sense of belonging and owning your purpose and really belonging to yourself and living this purpose has helped you create the belong more belonging externally in these other relationships in your life? Yes. Well, first, the strengths community that um, that has built on our campus is one way. Just by sheer nature of other people resonating with this kind of program. There's now a large group of us that, that do activities together, and it really feels like a community. The other is you may have sat next to somebody for years and never asked questions that get to really the core of who that person is. And strengths can be that opportunity. I, I've heard people say things like they They've met more people because of it. They have asked, they've been more curious about each other. That's that's amazing in itself to think about that. And then the other thing that I found that has, it, for me, it has stemmed from strength, but I think that it could come from anywhere. When you are feeling alive, when you feel like you're in a state of flow, when you feel like you're so lit up that you would, I don't know, that time kind of disappears and you're just, you're having fun. Like you're working, but you're having fun. Something about that energy, and you probably have a whole podcast on what the science is behind this, yeah. but there is something about that energy that attracts people. And so for me, I am very active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I think it's a very positive platform. Um, and I've been posting, just posting whatever I'm working on, or I'll post something. And I have built this kind of community on LinkedIn. And it has actually led to, I have new friendships, like personal friendships in my life that started with somebody sending me a message on LinkedIn, like, you seem happy in your job. Can can we talk about how that happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it sounds so simple, but it's not just that I'm posting a lot. It's not just that. It's that something about 
the fact that I'm genuinely lit up by the work I do, that I'm really fulfilled. I'm super engaged. My LinkedIn tagline is something like engagement champion or something. I am though, and that's really me. And so whoever it is that's your authentic self, when you, fi- when you find who that is and you step into it, people will resonate with it. And that's what I'm finding all the time. And it's really, um, it's really kind of a thrilling thing because when you're playing small or you're afraid to step out or you think, oh, maybe people won't like this about me. Well, you know what? Maybe some people won't, but that's okay because some people will. And the people who do, and you might form really great relationships because now they can see who you are. And that will be something that attracts other people. Well, you know, when I think of the idea of belonging, there are so many people who seek belonging by trying to mold themselves to fit into another group or another social clique. And, you know, they compromise who they are. So they might get like some superficial connection, but they don't feel good about it because they feel like they can't bring them their truest selves to the table. And I think that this is the beauty of living your purpose, whether it's to be a strengths coach, whether you want to be an accountant, whether you want to be an animal trainer, like when you are doing the thing that lights you up, A, you're going to surround yourself with people who enjoy those same activities. So there's an automatic bond there. But to your point, vibrationally, when we're in a state of joy, of fun, of connection, of play, like attracts like. So we tend to attract more people at that vibration or people who want to calibrate their nervous system to be at that vibration like you are. And so many of us are seeking belonging. You know, God, this is, we were talking before we taped the podcast today. Look at Facebook. How many people are creating belonging through commiseration, through Mm -hmm. complaining, through dwelling at the level of the problem? And that's a way to connect also But it's a way that drains your energy and makes you feel like garbage. And what I think that has been so beautiful to see in your transformation is going from this place of, well, belonging, yes, but there's a little part of me that feels threatened by belonging because what if nobody comes to the birthday party, right? Like those old beliefs that we make like as children and then being able to move beyond that, truly step into who you are and just now amplifying that with with a, a circle of people around you that encourage and support each other and keep each other there. So I think that that's been from the outside, you know, as a coach watching your transformation, that's been what's been just amazing to witness. Thank you. And I wanted to go circle back to something I'm just thinking that I didn't really answer fully before. And When you asked me about how I changed my job, because there have been big changes in what my job looks like in within my same employer, I didn't leave, I just, um, my job changed. For myself, it was kind of like a perfect combination of a lot of things that all happened at the same time that worked out along with tremendous support from my boss, who I greatly respect and admire and, um, and feel very grateful to work in a place that values things, you know, that I value. I realize that for, for people, it may feel like, well, that's impossible um, to do. It's impossible for me to change my job or my boss wouldn't support it or whatever. And I would just say that sometimes the change starts small and that same energy that you're talking about, that I was talking about, that's attracting people. If you start doing a little bit more of the thing that you love, that lights you up, that maybe it's even part of your purpose and it's aligned with all that, that also will attract people. And sometimes the growing, 
kind of contribution you're making to your work just by doing one little thing that makes you happier in the day, that gives you some sense of fulfillment, that catches too. And so I was very fortunate that it was like this perfect combination of everything where now I'm getting to do, you know, basically my dream job and working on coaching and strengths and helping the workforce and, and providing programs and things like that. But it can start with something little. And so I would tell people if, you know, they're listening and think, well, I, that would never work at my job for me to change my role. But can you change any, you know, can you change a little bit of, of what you're doing? Can you add something in that plays to one of your strengths and just get in touch with that feeling? Because once you feel it, that's powerful. And it's kind of addicting, actually, when you're really living in your purpose. Mm. And um, you may find that just doing one small thing will give you the kind of encouragement or motivation or whatever it is to keep going. And if you can do that, who knows where you'll be in, you know, six months or a year from now. Yeah, a lot of people get obsessed over, well, how could I really do it? I always tell people, stop worrying about the how. The universe mm -hmm. tends to align all that, but it's responding to your internal energy and the frequency that you're at. So as you stepped into this higher level of alignment, everything else fell into place pretty easy for you to do that. And, and for you, it was within your current employer. For other people, they might magically find themselves at Starbucks when we can go to coffee shops again <laughs> and be in line next to the person who's hiring at their company. The universe works out the synchronicity, but our job is to manage our energy, be aligned with our purpose and be connected to who we are. And strengths is a great way to do that. I guess my other question for you here as we wind down is, Based on your experience of doing the coaching, like you knew about strengths before we started working together, is simply knowing the strengths enough or did some of the work that you did around healing attachment patterns and some of the other things that I do with my clients that we've talked about on this podcast, how did that help give you better context on how to move forward into your strengths and create this up level in your life? Absolutely. All of those things helped. Um, I kind of look at personal development as like this big puzzle. Every little piece to it helps, but there's no one thing in itself, like one test you can take, and now you've finished the puzzle. Ongoing coaching, for me, I think that's really the key because there's something that builds in between each session. That's when a lot of the realizations happen, that it starts to sink in and then and you can grow on that. So. Yeah, if you have trauma, which we all do, by the way, yeah, um, you have trauma underlying something and um, it's going to show up. So working with a coach to identify that can help speed up your progress so you don't fall into similar traps you might have in the past. You can look at attachment, all the things you're doing. Every piece of it is important. There was no one day in my development journey, and I don't think there will because it still continues. I still, you know, always working on myself and, and development. There's no one day where now it feels like it's done or it's solved. And yet every piece of the puzzle is so impactful and so important. And I don't know, strengths in a way kind of sometimes feels like it, it's a an accelerator, like just like values. I think values, when you get really clear on your values and you keep using them, it can help anchor some, some concepts. And I think strengths can do that too. If strengths resonates with you, great. Sometimes people tell me, oh, sorry, I like XYZ other assessment. Sorry, Amy. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can like whatever you want. If it's helping you, then that's awesome. 
this is what's helped me and that's why I'm so passionate to share it with people. But it is not the only thing that has helped me. It is not the only thing that will help me, but it's sure been a big part of it and I love it. Yeah, to answer your question, I guess, coaching paired with this helped me move very quickly through things that may have taken me on my own. I, I don't even know if I would have ever figured it out on my own, but it would have taken much longer. Amy is uh, an amazing resource if you're looking for more information on delving into your strengths through the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Amy, can you just fill everybody in on how they can connect with you, website, Instagram, etc.? Sure. Well, I mentioned already, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn and you want to follow me or, or connect with me, that's awesome. Um, it's just my name, Amy Dash Schumann, and Schumann is S-H-U-M-A-N. I'm on Instagram at Schumann Coaching. For, through either of those platforms, you can message me directly through there. Well, my friend, it's been a little over, it's hard to believe it's been a little over two years since we first connected and, and started that coaching journey, but I'm so proud of you. You're one of my total rock stars that I love to, uh, that I love to brag about to people. And also a great example of how coaching benefits and just how personal development in general will benefit you. It's not just about being in a soul-sucking job. It's it's about consciously creating your next level. And it's been a joy to watch you do it. So I am super proud of you. Great information today. And uh, I can't wait to see what's ahead for you. Thank you so much, Dan. I hope this is helpful to people. But the work you're doing and the way you're reaching out and connecting people to the kind of resources that you have and the way that you can help people, it's phenomenal. So good job for you to keep, for all the work you're doing. I love following what you're doing as well. And uh, thanks again for letting me be part of this. Always love catching up with Amy. She is such a great example of the fact that we are here to continue to grow, that the more that we become, the more we expand, the more that we learn, the more that we grow financially, the more we grow in our career, the more that we have to give. You know, some key takeaways for me from that interview were Amy sharing how following her purpose and really allowing these passions of hers to be seen were the driving force in helping her create more belonging, both to herself and externally with brand new friendships. You know, if you look at Amy's testimonial about our time coaching together on my website, she also shares that just aligning with her purpose has made her an even better wife and more present parent at home. So living proof that all areas of your life will improve once you make the decision to follow your purpose. If you enjoyed the conversation today, you can screenshot this podcast, upload it to Instagram, tag me at CSC Dan Mason, and be sure to tag Amy at Schumann Coaching. You can also find her on LinkedIn at Amy Schumann. And maybe you're a person out there that knows that you've hit a wall. You're looking to create that next level. You'd like to align with your purpose after the pandemic and truly create that up level of more purpose, passion, freedom, and fulfillment, I've got you. One-on-one -on -one coaching spots are available. You can find out more at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Or if you'd just like to work with me during my one-day virtual workshop on May 16th, you can sign up for that Move Beyond and Thrive workshop. You and I are going to be in the trenches. This isn't some recorded digital program. It is going to be you and I live doing the work in a supportive community environment. We have more details for that in the show notes.
Don't forget, if you're loving what you're hearing, you can give us a follow here on the iHeartRadio app, or we would gladly accept those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple, which help us with the algorithm. If you would take a minute or two out of your day uh, to leave a few words about how this podcast has inspired you, it would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for taking 45 minutes to make Life Amplified part of your week. And as always, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.